This is Beta Cell, a show about people living with type 1 diabetes. I'm Craig Steubing. This is the final episode of a four-part T1D Looks Like Me series that Betacell is doing in partnership with JDRF for National Diabetes Awareness Month. If you're new to Betacell and you've missed the last three episodes of this series, you can find them all at betacellpodcast.com or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. In each episode, we've explored a new theme that focuses on some of the challenges that come along with type 1 diabetes. This week, we talked to two professional athletes in Seattle living with type 1. First, we have Will Precheck, who was diagnosed at 15 years old when he was a freshman in high school. He played football at the University of Colorado, and now he's 26 and the center for the Seattle Seahawks. The unpredictability of football leads to a lot of difficulties with managing your blood sugar, which Will discusses in the first half of this episode. So you have an older brother who had type 1 before you did, right? Absolutely, yep. Yeah. My brother, uh, Thomas, he was diagnosed when he was seven, and he's four years older than me, so I, I kind of grew up with it. You know, as a young kid, I, I never knew anything other than having a diabetic in the family. When you were diagnosed, was there ever a fear that you wouldn't be able to play football at the next level or even on the same level you were playing? My brother actually kind of got scared out of playing football because of his diabetes. I don't know if it was my parents or the doctors or whatever told him is that, you know, it might be a little risky to play football and be a diabetic. And I think that's what kept him from playing football. He played basketball in high school. I saw him do well at being able to manage his diabetes throughout that. And so for me, I, I knew it wasn't going to be something to hold me back. And to tell you the truth, I wasn't going to let it. Even the doctor said, don't play football. I was going to say, I'm going to do what I want. And I'm going to play. For me, I was never going to let diabetes hold me back from doing something that I wanted to do. What challenges did having type 1 bring in addition to just practicing football? It's kind of, you know, earth-shaking discovery when you have diabetes and, and having to change your whole lifestyle. And for me, I was actually very fortunate to have my brother be a diabetic because I grew up in a diabetic household, so I kind of knew the ins and outs of testing and, and giving yourself shots and managing a low blood sugar, a high blood sugar, and all that. So for me, I was very fortunate in that it wasn't life-changing, life-shattering. It was just another thing that I had to control and, and be in my routine. So the, actually, the first thing that I noticed about being a, a diabetic was when I first got diagnosed, I was in the weight room, you know, trying to get big so I could be a better football player. I was lifting a lot of weights, but I was kept getting weaker and weaker, and I couldn't gain any weight. So I, you know, I got diagnosed, let's say, on, on a Friday, actually, and it was a Friday. And I started taking insulin that night, you know, that day, and I was about 185 pounds. The next Monday when we, uh, when I got back on the scale, I had gained about 20 pounds. And so I was over, I was over 200 pounds and I was like, wow, I was easy. <laughs> that same, same exact thing happened to me when I was diagnosed. I mean, I don't know how much of it was water weight, how much of it was muscle, but I remember my mom just being shocked at gaining like 20 pounds in two days. I mean, I felt so much better. Like at first I was like, man, this, this can be hard to get big and strong. I, I see, I see why, you know, people struggle. And then I, I start taking insulin and it's like, 
I felt so much better. I felt so much stronger being able to, to hold weight and, and actually play at a better level. So actually, I think that first season I was on the pump. And football on the pump is, is a little tricky because – the physicalness where you're, 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 you know, you're, you're in hand to hand combat with somebody tackling, trying to hit somebody as hard as you can every play of the game. In high school, I was playing both ways. So I was playing all the snaps of offense and all the snaps of defense. So what ended up happening with me is my, my sight would get ripped out. And then I'd be like, Oh crap, I'm out of insulin. I got, I always had syringes as a backup, but then that kind of, you know, that's tricky. So the first season was definitely one of the hardest seasons to get it under control because I was experimenting with a pump and taking it off during the game and then putting it on at halftime, seeing where I'm at, giving myself a little bit of insulin. And then by the end of the game, it was ripped out. So I, I had to go back to shots and it was it was kind of a cluster, but I was able to work through it and kind of figure out where I needed to go into games, what blood sugar level what the adrenaline and everything did to my blood sugars. And it still is kind of a guessing game every game because certain things affect it different ways. But I kind of have a good routine. And it started out in that first season. It was hard to figure out, but now I kind of have it down. You know, with some sports like long distance running, you know, you're going at a pace that you know for a certain amount of time. And even if there's slight differences, it, it's not huge. But in football... You know, you could, if you're playing defense and the other team's getting first down after first down, you could be out there three times as long as you thought you were going to be. How do you anticipate those changes while trying to manage your blood sugar? It's incredibly difficult because of the unpredictability of football. Let's fast forward to college when it was a little bit more predictable, but I had to be that much more in control. It wasn't my first couple years. I was still honeymooning, so it wasn't the hardest to control because I, I still had a little bit of insulin that I was producing. So as much as I thought I was doing a good job, I really wasn't. But once I got into college, I wasn't producing any insulin, so it was all up to me. And so that's when I really had to dial it in. And I was a defensive lineman in uh, college. So some games you would be out there for, you know, 50 snaps. And other games, you might only have 40 to 50 snaps. And so it, that difference is it can be huge. And, and when you go out there, you're giving all your effort. You're giving 100% effort. It's not like you can kind of take a playoff and, and coast. It's, you know, these snaps are full speed snaps. And you kind of have to test your way through it. So basically, I, after each series, I would come off. And I would test my blood sugar to see where I'm at. And based on what the blood sugar was at, if it started going down, I would maybe drink a little bit of Gatorade on the sideline. And if it was normal to a little bit high, you know, I'd be drinking water. And I'd, at halftime, I would go adjust. If it was a little higher, you know, I might take a little bit of insulin. You know, with exercise, you become much more sensitive to insulin. So I wouldn't be taking very much. I would still be able to come down pretty quickly just by taking a few units of insulin. So it's really a kind of a cat and mouse game where you're always you're always adjusting. What do you attribute the fact that you have had such good control while being a professional athlete? I think that's kind of the interesting thing for me. And it kind of boils down to to an attitude. You got to have a positive attitude about it because as a diabetic, you know, it's adversity in life and, and in general, you Diabetes is just another step, another challenge that you're going to have to overcome to achieve your goals. And for me, I was never going to let diabetes tell me that I couldn't do something. And, and I wasn't going to let it keep me from achieving what I wanted to achieve, whether it was playing Division One college football or, or playing in the NFL. I wasn't going to let diabetes 
control what I wanted to accomplish. And that's really the message I've, and the attitude I've always had is, is it may be another step. It may be another 10 steps. It may be another challenge that I'm going to have to overcome to achieve my goal, but it's not going to hold me back. And I'm never going to let it hold me back. Do you think your teammates look at you differently knowing you have type one diabetes? Actually, there's a couple, there's a couple of funny stories with being a diabetic in a football locker room, going back to college after a big workout, after a lift and a run that we had to do, you know, I come back in the locker room and I, we had some protein shakes we had to drink. I had to take shot for them. And every year you get a, a new class in there. So there's a bunch of kids who don't know that I'm a diabetic. And so I'm, I'm sitting at my locker after a workout, my shirt off and, I'm taking insulin and, and this one kid goes, Oh, oh geez, that they're just they're just out in the open about it. They don't give a crap. They're doing steroids just out in the open. <laughs> and so <laughs> and I think that's one of the funniest things that's, that's happened is is you know, people think in a locker room, if you're injecting something into your belly, that their first thought goes to, man, he's he's on the juice, which is hilarious for me because then I play it up and like, you want some? <laughs> and <laughs> and it, you know it ends no one up, ever takes you up on it <laughs> no one no one ever did no one it's funny no one ever did and i have i've offered it but if you want some <laughs> i get you some and and none of them have been like yeah no they're like oh no no thanks uh, no but really it's a it's a conversation start because they're like oh geez what is that and I say oh i'm a type one diabetic and you say oh my family you know members can member of my family's got it or xyz and and it kind of opens up their eyes. And the players who are in, I'm closest to is, is, you know, in the position group, let's say when I was in college, a defensive lineman, now in the, in the NFL as an offensive lineman, those guys know that I am a diabetic. And if I start acting funny, let's say I'm a little bit more grouchy or, you know, something, something just a little off. I'm not there. I'm not responding really quickly. They might be like, hey, Will, you might need to go get something, some Gatorade. You're acting a little low. You're, you're acting a little grouchy. For most of my teammates, they shouldn't know that I have diabetes because it's not really affecting how I play. And I'm, I'm still playing at a certain level where I'm playing at the best of my abilities with an autoimmune disease where some people may not, the teammates, you know, on the other side of the ball, who I never really interact with, might never even know I have diabetes, but they know that I am the player that I am and I can perform at an elite level. Has your type one become easier to manage over time? Or harder now that you're in the NFL? It's become easier and it's actually probably made me a better football player. And there's two ways I think about that is all the exercise that football requires, whether it's the lifts, the running, the practices, the games, has kept me in really good shape where I am very sensitive to insulin. So I know if I take a certain amount of insulin, I'm going to be able to stay in a certain range. And on the other side, you know, I think it's actually made me a better football player where I'm more in tune with what I need to eat. So I'm able to perform a certain way for practice games and knowing that I can't just go eat a chocolate shake whenever I want, or because I am a lineman, I can eat just pretty much whatever I want. I just be able to take the right amount of insulin for it. And it's actually probably helped me continue to be able to stay strong throughout a long season and be able to maintain my weight throughout the season so really it's kind of works both ways where diabetes is it helps me and my football helps my diabetes if you could tell your teammates what it's like having type 1 diabetes while playing on the team how would you describe it to them i would say that just like 
football is what I do. It's not who I am. Diabetes is what I have, but it's not who I am. I am able to manage playing professional football and diabetes while being held to a very high standard, but really it is just part of who I am. For the second half of the episode, we talked to Jordan Morris. He's a 21-year-old forward for the Seattle Sounders soccer team, and he was already playing soccer when he was diagnosed at nine years old. He talks about what he does to keep his blood sugars in range during games, his T1D tattoo on his arm, and how he tries to be an inspiration for kids with type 1. My name is Jordan Morris. I play for the uh, Seattle Sounders, the the soccer team in Seattle, and um, I'm a type 1 diabetic. And how long have you been playing soccer? I've been playing soccer since before I can remember. I think, you know, ever since I could kick a ball, I was I was playing soccer. So after you were diagnosed, when you, you talk to your doctors and they, you know, at some point comes up that you play soccer, were they worried at all about your ability to play while managing your blood sugars? So I didn't know this at the time. I, I had left the room. I was pretty upset, obviously, my mom wanted to ask a few questions of the doctor, and she said that the first question she asked was, can he still play sports? And the doctor said, the more the more, the better. So that was a relief to my mom and obviously a relief to me. So they thought and obviously still think that playing sports, it, it helps in your diabetes management, just being active like that and hearing the, those words made my mom and I pretty happy. And then when you started playing again, what was it like at nine years old managing your blood sugars while playing was it really difficult it was tough for sure just because it was obviously all new and my dad had to come to every you know he had a long day at work and he had to come to every single training training session with me to make sure i was okay and i would have to go over three or four times during practice and check my blood sugar and kids were looking at me weird like they didn't know what was going on and I'd have to shove Skittles in my mouth in the middle of practice. And it was frustrating because obviously I just wanted to be a normal kid and be out on the field with everyone else. And there were some times where I had to take five, 10 minutes off when I had a low blood sugar um, just to let it let it rise back up. And so at first it was really frustrating me just because it was taking away from my ability to be on the field and my ability to really feel like I was, you know, enjoying the sport and playing to my fullest ability. Was there ever a point where you were worried that type one could impact your ability to play on a professional level? My mom told me this about a year ago. She said when I was 14 or 15, I wasn't anything special in soccer. I was struggling a little bit, I think, with my diabetes. And and my dad was worried. He's like, I really don't think there's any way he's even going to be able to play soccer in college. I don't know. Something switched in in my head. And I was like, I'm going to take really good care of this. I'm going to take advantage of all these new technologies. And I'm going to work really, really hard to try and play professional soccer. But I thought it was just interesting that, you know, I guess me at that time and my dad at that time really thought that this was going to hold me back. Being within 80, 120 wasn't, you know, your number one priority. Yeah, I I think maybe a little bit. And, you know, I was still kind of a kid and I wanted to be doing so many other things than taking care of my diabetes. And it was it was frustrating to me. And I think that led to just not great man i mean I, i've always took pretty good care of my diabetes but i think in that time I, I was new on the pump things were were changing and i was trying to learn different techniques of, of taking care of this disease and i was just like 
you know, obviously I wasn't doing great in soccer at that time and things were just kind of piling up and I was like, this is really frustrating. So I think just a combination of all that. And then when I was 16, 17, I set my mind on, you know, I wanted to go to Stanford and I wanted to play professional soccer. And what I needed to do first was take care of my diabetes, because if I didn't do that, then I don't think any of that stuff was possible. So I kind of just set my mind on that and, and went from there. Do you feel like diabetes holds you back at all now? I don't. And, and honestly, I, I don't know if I would be a different player or how my life would be different if I didn't get diabetes. But honestly, it, it, it's so tough and it can be annoying at times, but it, it's made me into the person that I am today. And, and I don't know if I, if I didn't have diabetes, if I would be where I am, because at such a young age, I was forced to be responsible, forced to um, kind of take care of this disease. And, and was forced into a, a role that I might not have been forced into until I was a little bit older. So I learned these skills at a younger age than I might have. And I think that pushed me to, you know, to be successful. And, and I wanted to try and prove the kind of the stigma wrong. So it, it gave me a lot of inspiration to try and accomplish my goals in spite of, of this disease. So I don't know if I didn't have this, this disease, if I'd be in the same place. And, and then currently I, I feel like I, I have it under pretty good control. So um, I don't think it necessarily holds me back in any way. At the time, were you on shots or were you ever on a pump? I was on shots for the first five years. I got a pump when I was 14. So so at first I was on shots. And, and are you you're still on the pump now? Yes. And so how does that work when you play a game? Do you keep it on? No. So I take the pump off when I'm playing which I think is the toughest thing to deal with while I'm playing is, is I struggle with high blood sugars after games because you take your pump off. And so there's no insulin in your system for that hour and a half, two hours when you're playing. And so your blood sugar, obviously there's no insulin tends to rise a little bit. So for me, my biggest challenge over the last few years and what I'm still working on is trying to find the right amount of insulin that I have to put in my body during the game to make sure that after the game, Obviously, my blood sugar isn't too high, and to make sure during the game my blood sugar doesn't go too low. So it's kind of a trial and error thing to find the right balance. Do you feel like you're still figuring that out? I think that's the tough part with diabetes is every day brings its own surprises. It's it's very unpredictable, and you know, leading up to a game, for some reason, all of a sudden my blood sugar is really high, and, and I, I have no idea why. And so there's just this unpredictability to it that that is tough, but... I think there's like a method that I found that works a lot of the time. It won't work all the time because obviously it's unpredictable, but through this trial and error that, that I've been going through and I talk with my dad a lot about it and we've tried eating different things before games and seeing what works. And, and so we found a kind of a system that we feel like works a, a decent amount of the time. I believe I read that your dad is actually the doctor for the Seattle Sounders. Yeah, yeah, he is. So he's he's actually in the locker room with me before. He doesn't travel to away games, but before the home games, he's in the locker room, which is awesome because he obviously knows me and knows my my diabetes really well. So it's great to have kind of another voice that you can bounce ideas off of a little bit. And are you on a continuous glucose monitor? I am. So I, I wear a Dexcom and I kind of wear it on and off. And how has that changed how you prepare for games or even play games are you staring at it all the time it's really cool actually because you know all these new technologies coming out only make living with diabetes easier and 
for me, it was I didn't want another thing connected to my body. I thought that that would be a little bit annoying, but it's it's not too invasive. So I, I tried it out. And for me, what's cool is it reads to my phone every five minutes. So before games, what's tough for me is is I have to be constantly checking my blood sugar, like five or six times in the hour leading up to the game. I'm checking my blood sugar to make sure it's in the right place because obviously you want your blood sugar to be normal going into, into games because if it's not, it, it affects your play. So it's a little bit tough to always be going to the sideline or, or sitting in your locker checking your blood sugar five, six times in the hour leading up. So what the CGM allows me to do is I just, it reads to my phone every five minutes. And, and what's cool is it shows where your blood sugar is trending to. So if it's if it's trending up, you know, you have to give yourself, a, you know, more insulin. Or if it's trending down, you might have to eat, I eat fruit snacks to, to bring my blood sugar back up. So what the normal checking your blood sugar doesn't tell you is where it's trending. And I think the continuous glucose monitor has really helped me in that sense. I know where my blood sugar is headed rather than just what my blood sugar is. So you're thinking about blood sugars before the game in preparation, making sure you know, you're in range so you can perform optimally. And then after the game, you're you know, managing highs that you might have from not having insulin on. But between those whistles, how much are you thinking about your blood sugars? Every once in a while, it comes up. And that's the tough part. I haven't, honestly, I haven't had to deal too much with, you know, lows during a game. I remember one time this year, I, I had to run to the sideline and I had a low blood sugar and I had to grab some fruit snacks. And in the middle of the game, I just ran over my trainer. I gave my trainer a signal and he brought them out and, and I took them on the field. But what's nice is obviously there's a halftime in soccer. So 45 minutes into the game, you get a break and you get to check your blood sugar and kind of redo the whole process of figuring out how much insulin you want to give yourself. So for those 45 minute periods, I really just try and push the diabetes out of my head. It, it can be tough sometimes, but push out of my head and really just focus on on playing soccer. So this game where you went low that you mentioned, did you feel it coming on during the game? And were you trying to think, you know, at what point can I get over to the bench to get something? Yeah, exactly. So I felt it coming on. I felt the shakiness and, and all that stuff. And and I honestly had to wait a few minutes to, to go to the sideline because with soccer, obviously, it's such a there's not a lot of stoppage. So for those two, three minutes where I needed to go to the sideline, but I, I really couldn't because play was still going on. So it was it was tough. And then I had to find the right time where it wouldn't affect my team for me to be off the field for 30 seconds or 45 seconds. And, and, and that was tough, too. So, you know, luckily that doesn't happen very often. But in that situation, it was it was a little tough. And how much do your teammates know about your type one? They know a decent amount. I keep it pretty low key and, and don't really talk about it too much because I don't want it to be, you know, what defines me or, or anything like that. But they notice when I check my blood sugar and, and I'll never approach them and talk to them about it. But if they ever have any questions or anything like that, I, I answer them and they're all great about it. You don't want to make it a big deal, but you have a pretty big, prominent type one tattoo on your forearm. Yeah. Why did you decide to get that as opposed to just wearing a bracelet? I honestly, I hated my bracelet. <laughs> so I just, I never wore it. And I came home from my freshman year of college for winter break. And my mom came up with this idea that she'd seen some kid get a tattoo. And she's like, I think that's a good idea. You never wear your bracelet. So for me, I got it for that purpose that first responders, it's the same idea as a bracelet. They'll, they'll know I'm a diabetic, but 
Also for me, what's important is trying to be an inspiration for younger kids with diabetes who are aspiring to play professional sports or do anything really that they want to accomplish their dreams. And so I knew that if I did get to play professional soccer, you know, I'd be on TV or stuff like that. So kids watching, if they see this tattoo and they don't know necessarily that I have diabetes, maybe that can be a little bit of an inspiration to them. So it, it kind of had two meanings, two meanings for me. So speaking of being sort of an inspiration for kids, I guess, how do you do that? I try to every once in a while kind of tweet out something like that, that talks about just not giving up on your dreams, how diabetes can't hold you back, things like that. Whenever people reach out on Twitter, Facebook, I try to respond. And, and if they have questions, things like that, I, I try my best to respond. And then the main way that I love to interact with kids is meeting with them. I've gone to you know a couple of schools this year and talked to young diabetics. And through family, friends, they've had me reach out and give kids calls and, and just talk to them, hopefully be a role model to these young kids. What's the most surprising thing that's happened with interacting with these newly diagnosed kids? My mom was actually just telling me a story that touched me a little bit. She was talking to her friend, and this is actually isn't a kid that I interacted with directly, but she was talking to this to her her friend, and he was talking to this little girl and brought me up. She hadn't heard of me before, but he showed her these videos of me playing soccer, and he said that she started crying because she was like, he has what I have, and he's doing this, and if he can do this, then then I can do what I want to do. And I thought that was just so cool that that something so little can impact these kids' lives in such a great way and kind of gives me a purpose to my life outside of soccer to try and be that, that inspiration. Beta Cell is produced, recorded, and edited by me, Craig Steubing, and our theme music is by Purple Glitter. JDRF and BetaCell are curious about what you do to manage your T1D while playing sports. If you have an interesting story about you or your child with T1D, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to social at jdrf.org. This entire T1D Looks Like Me series would not have been possible without Jessica Robinson, Amna Dosani, and Emily Howell. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe to BetaCell on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or the NPR One app to get every new episode delivered automatically to you. I'm Craig Steubing, and this is Beta Cell. <laughs>